0: This is unit one of AMSCO, developments in East Asia. The Song Dynasty in China was the leading example of diversity and innovation in Afro-Eurasia and the Americas during the 13th century. China enjoyed great wealth, political stability, and fine artistic and intellectual achievements. Neo-Confucian teachings, illustrated in the above quotation, supported the government and shaped social classes and the family system. In addition, China developed the greatest manufacturing capability in the world. However, the spread of Confucianism and Buddhism might be the most enduring testimony to Chinese influence. Government developments in the Song Dynasty The Song Dynasty replaced the Tang in 960 and ruled for more than three centuries. They lost control of northern lands to invading pastoralists from Manchuria who set up the Jin Empire. Although the Song ruled a smaller region than the Tang, their reign was prosperous and under them the arts flourished. Bureaucracy China's strength was partially the result of its imperial bureaucracy, a vast organization in which uh, appointed officials carried out the empire's policies. The bureaucracy had been a feature of Chinese government since the the Qin dynasty. It represented a continuity across centuries and dynasties. Under the Song, China's bureaucracy expanded. Early in the dynasty, this strengthened the dynasty. Meritocracy and the Civil Service Exam One of the Song, uh, Emperor Song Taizu's greatest achievements was that he expanded the educational opportunities to young men of the lower economic classes so they could score well on the civil service exams. By scoring well, a young man could obtain a highly desired job in the bureaucracy. These exams were based on knowledge of Confucian texts. Because officials obtained their positions by demonstrating their merit on these exams, China's bureaucratic system was known as a meritocracy. Though the poor were vastly underrepresented in the bureaucracy, the Chinese system allowed for more upward mobility than any other hiring system of its time. However, by the end of the Song, the bureaucracy had grown so large that it contributed to the empire's weakness. By creating so many jobs and paying these officials so handsomely, the Song increase the cost of government to the point where they begin drying up China's surplus wealth. Economic developments in post-classical China The flourishing Tang Dynasty had successfully promoted agricultural development, improved roads and canals, encouraged foreign trade, and spread technology. These accomplishments led to rapid prosperity and population growth during the Song Dynasty. The Grand Canal was an inexpensive and efficient eternal waterway transportation system that extended over 30,000 miles. Expanding the canal enabled China under the Song Dynasty to become the most populous trading area in the world. Gunpowder. Although gunpowder had been invented in China in previous dynasties, innovators in the Song Dynasty made the first guns. Over centuries, the technology of making gunpowder and guns spread from China to all parts of Eurasia via traders on the Silk Roads. Agricultural productivity. Sometime before the 11th century, Champa rice, a fast ripening and drought resistant strain of rice from the Champa Kingdom in present day Vietnam, greatly expanded agricultural production in China. This rice and other strains developed through experimentation allowed farming to spread to lands where once rice could not grow, such as the lowlands, riverbanks, and hills. In some areas, it also led farmers to grow two crops of rice per year a summer crop and a winter crop. Innovative methods of production contributed to the agricultural success. For example, Chinese farmers put manure, both human and animal, on fields to enrich the soil. They built elaborate irrigation systems using ditches, water wheels, pumps, and terraces to increase productivity. New heavy plows pulled by water buffalo or oxen allowed previously unusable land to be cultivated. The combination of these changes in agriculture produced an abundance of food. As a result, China's population grew quickly. In the three centuries of Song Dynasty rule, the populate, China's population increased from around 25% of the total world population to nearly 40%. Manufacturing and trade. Industrial production soared, as did China's population. China's discovery of, quote unquote, black earth, which is coal, in the fourth century BCE enabled it to produce greater amounts of cast iron goods. The massive use of coal to power machines wouldn't happen until the 18th century. China did have the greatest manufacturing capability in the world. The Chinese later learned how to take the carbon out of cast iron and began to manufacture steel. They used steel to make or reinforce bridges, gates, and ship anchors. They also used steel to make er religious items, such as pagodas and Buddhist figurines. Steel was also, strength, uh, steel also strengthened the agricultural equipment, contributing to the abundance of produ- uh, food production as well. Under the Song and earlier than in Western Europe, China experienced proto-industrialization, a set of economic changes in which people in rural, er- rural areas made more goods than they could sell. Unlike later industrialization, which featured large-scale production in factories using complex machinery, proto-industrialization relied more on home-based or community-based production using simple equipment. For example, artisans, or skilled craft work- crafts workers, produced steel and other products in widely dispersed smelting facilities under the supervision of the imperial government. Artisans also manufactured porcelain and silk that reached consumers through expanding trade networks, especially by sea. Porcelain was highly desired because it was lightweight yet strong, Further, it it was light-colored, so it could easily be painted with elaborate designs. The Chinese used the compass in maritime navigation, and they redesigned their ships to carry more cargo. China's ability to print paper uh, navigation charts made seafaring possible in open waters, out, out of sight of land, and sailors became less reliant on the sky for direction. China became the world's most commercialized society. Its economy changed from the local consumption to market production, with porcelains, textiles, and tea with the chief exports. The Grand Canal supported a vibrant internal trade, while advances in naval technology allowed China to control trade in the South China Sea. Taxes. The Song also promoted the growth of a commercial economy by changing how they built public projects, such as roads and irrigation canals. Instead of requiring the pe- that people labor on these projects, the government paid people to work on them. This change increased the amount of money in circulation, promoting economic growth. Tributes. Another source of income for the government came from the tributary system, an arrangement in which other states had to pay money or provide goods to honor the Chinese emperor. This system cemented China's economic and political power over several foreign countries, but it also creates stability and stimulated trade for all parties involved. The origins of the system existed in the Hong Dynasty. By the time of the Song Dynasty, Japan, Korea, and other kingdoms throughout Southeast Asia were tributary states. The emperor expanded, expected representatives from tributary states to demonstrate their respect by performing a kowtow a ritual in which anyone greeting the Chinese emperor must bow his or her head until it reached the floor. The Chinese sent out tremendous fleets led by Zhang to demonstrate the power of the emperor and to receive tribute, but that was in the Ming dynasty. Social structures in China. The mo- uh, through most of Chinese history, the majority of people lived in rur- rural areas. However, urban areas grew in prominence in this productive period. At the height of the Song Dynasty, China was the most urbanized land in the world, boasting several cities containing more than 100,000 people. The largest cities, Chang'an, the ancient capital, Engzhu at the southern end of the Grand Canal, and the port city of Canton were cosmopolitan metropolises, active centers of commerce with many entertainment options to offer. China's Class Structure the urbanization represented, uh, though urbanization represented a significant development in China, life in rural areas grew more complex as well. The bureaucratic expansion created an entirely new social class, the scholarly gentry. They soon outnumbered the aristocracy, which was comprised of landowners who inherited their wealth. The scholarly gentry were educated in Confucian philosophy and became the most influential social class in China. Three other classes ranked below the scholarly gentry farmers, artisans, and merchants. The low status of merchants reflected Confucian respect for hard work and creating value. The tasks of merchants did not require physical strength or endurance, and they simply exchanged goods without growing or making anything new. Lower rungs of Chinese society included peasants who worked for wealthy landowners, often to pay off debts, and the urban poor. The Song government provided aid to the poor and established public hospitals where people could receive free care. Role of women. Confucian traditions included both respect for women and the expectation that they would defer to men. This patriarchal pattern strengthened the Tang and Song dynasties. One distinctive constraint on women's activities in China was the practice of foot binding, binding, which became common among aristocratic families during the Song dynasty. From a very young age, girls had their feet wrapped so tightly that the bones did not grow naturally. A bound foot signified social status something suitors particularly desired. It also restricted a woman's ability to move and hence to participate in the public sphere. Foot binding was finally banned in 1912. Intellectual and cultural developments. During the Tang and Song eras, China enjoyed affluence, a well-educated populace, and extensive contact with foreign nations. As a result, intellectual pursuits, technology, literature, and visual arts, thrived. Paper printing. The Chinese had invented paper as early as the 2nd century CE, and they developed a system of printing in the 17th and 7th century. They were the first culture to use woodblock printing, a Buddhist scripture produced in the 7th century thought to be the world's first woodblock printed work. In the Song era, printed booklets on how to farm efficiently were distributed throughout rice-growing regions. Reading and Poetry. The development of paper and printing expanded the availability of books. Though most peasants were illiterate, China's privileged classes had increased access to literature. Confucian scholars not only consumed literature at a tremendous rate, they were also the major producers producers of literature throughout the era. The Tang and Song dynasties' emphasis on schooling created generations of well-rounded scholarly bureaucrats. Later, the Europeans, with such diverse skills, would be called Renaissance men. Religious diversity in China. Buddhism had come to China from its birthplace in India via the Silk, silk Roads. Its presence is evident during the Anarch period, later between the later Han and Sui dynasties. However, its popularity became widespread during the Tang dynasty. The seventh-century Buddhist monk Xuanzang helped build Buddhism's popularity in China. Buddhism and Taoism. Three forms of Buddhism came from India to shape Asia, each developing a different emphasis. The first one is Theravada Buddhism. It focused on personal spiritual growth through silent meditation and self-discipline. It became strongest in Southeast Asia. The second one is Mahayana Buddhism, which focused on spiritual growth for all beings and on service. It became strongest in China and Korea. And the third one is Tibetan Buddhism, which focused on chanting. It was the strongest in Tibet. All three include a belief in the Four Noble Truths, which stress the idea that personal suffering can be alleviated by eliminating cravings or desires by following Buddhist precepts. All three also embrace the Eightfold Path, the precepts and that can lead to enlightenment or nirvana. Monks introduced Buddhism to, Chi- to the Chinese by relating its belief to Taoist principles. For example, Buddhism's idea of Dharma became also translated as Tao. Uh, Eventually, Buddhist doctrines combined with elements of Taoist traditions to create the syncretic or fused faith, Chan Buddhism, also known as Zen Buddhism. Like Taoism, Zen Buddhism emphasized direct experience and meditation as opposed to formal learning based on studying scripture, which is uh, what Confucianism is. Because of its fusion with Chinese beliefs, Buddhism became very popular in China. Monasteries, buildings where monks lived together, appeared in most major cities. The presence of these monasteries became a problem for the Tang bureaucracy. Many leaders of the Tang dynasty, which considered itself the Middle Kingdom, had trouble accepting that a foreign religion would have such prominence in society. Buddhism's popularity, which drew individuals away from China's native religions, made Taoists and Confucians jealous. Despite monasteries' closures and land seizures, however, Chan Buddhism remained popular among ordinary Chinese citizens. Buddhism and Neo-Confucianism the Song dynasty was somewhat more friendly towards Buddhism, but it did not go out of its way to promote the religion. It preferred to emphasize China's native traditions, such as Confucianism. However, Buddhism had a very strong presence, and many Confucians began to adopt its ideals into their daily lives. The development of printing made the Buddhist scriptures widely available to the Confucian scholarly gentry. The Song dynasty benefited from the Confucian idea of filial piety, the duty of family members to subordinate their desires to those of the male head of the family and to the ruler. The emphasis on respect for one's elders helped the Song maintain the rule in China. Neo-Confucianism. Neo-Confucianism evolved in China between 770 and 840. It was a syncretic system, combining rational thought with more abstract ideas of Taoism and Buddhism. This new incarnation of Confucianism emphasized ethics rather than the mysteries of God and nature. It became immensely popular in countries in China's orbit, including Japan, Korea, and Vietnam. An important uh, Comparing Japan, Korea, and Vietnam. An important dynamic in the histories of Japan, Korea, and Vietnam was each country's relationship with China. When China was unified, its political strength, economic wealth, religious traditions, intellectual advances, and technological innovations made the world's most powerful realm. Its smaller neighbors benefited from being so close to China but faced a challenge of maintaining their own distinctive cultures. Each had to confront the issue of Sinification or the assimilation of Chinese traditions and practices. Japan, Since Japan was separ- separated from China by a sea rather than land, it had more ability to control its interactions with China than Korea or Vietnam could the impact of Chinese culture appeared in many aspects of life. Japan's Prince Shotoku Taishi, uh, who ruled between 574 and 622, promoted Buddhism and Confucianism along with Japan's traditional Shinto religion. During this era, Japan learned how to do woodblock printing from China. During the Heian period, which is between 794 and 1185, Japan emulated Chinese traditions in politics, art, and literature. However, Japan- Japanese writers also moved in new directions. For example, in the 11th century, a Japanese writer composed the first world's first novel, The Tale of Genji. It's the story of a Japanese prince and his life at court, particularly, particularly with his many romances. Feudalism. For hundreds of years, Japan had been a feudal society without a centralized government land-owning aristocrats, the daimyo, battled for control of land, while the majority of people worked as rice farmers. Japanese feudalism was similar to European feudalism, which is described in uh, in topic 1.6. Both featured very little social mobility and both systems were built upon hereditary hierarchies In Japan, peasants, known as serfs, were born into lives of economic dependency, while samurai were born into their roles as protectors, and daimyo were born into lives of privilege. In Europe, the three groups were serfs, knights, and nobles. What distinguishes Japanese feudalism from that of Europe was that the daimyo enjoyed much more power than the nobility in Europe ever did. The daimyo ruled over vast stretches of land and, in reality, were more powerful than either the emperor or the shogun. By contrast, Europe's hierarchy placed the monarch above the nobility. Though there were periods when authority of the monarch waned and power was distributed among the nobility, the main centralized power structure of European feudalism would not change until the modern industrial era. In Europe, the ideal knight uh, held to the code of chivalry, which, with duty to countrymen, duty to god, and duty to women. The last expressed through courtly love and the virtues of gentleness and graciousness. In Japan, the code was known as Bushido and stressed frugality, loyalty, the martial arts, and honor unto death. Japan also differed from China in how it got, how it was governed. China was ruled by an emperor who oversaw a large civilian bureaucracy. For much of its history, China had a central government strong enough to promote trade and peace. In contrast, the Hain court declined. A powerful landowning family, the Minamoto clan took charge. In 1192, the Minamoto installed a shogun, or military ruler, to reign. Though Japan still had an emperor, he had little power. For the following four centuries, Japan suffered from regional rivalries among aristocrats. Not until the 17th century would shoguns create a strong central government that would unify the country. Korea. Korea's location gave its gave it a very direct relationship with China, the country shared a a land boundary, and China extended both the north and south of Korea. Similarity to China. Though through its tributary relationship, Korea and China were close in contact. Thus Korea emulated many aspects of Chinese politics and culture, and centralized its government in the style of the Chinese. Culturally, Koreans adopted both Confucian and Buddhist beliefs. The educated elites studied Confucian classics, while the Buddhist doctrine attracted the peasant masses. Koreans adopted the Chinese writing system, which provided to uh, which proved to be very awkward. The Chinese and Korean languages remained structurally very different. In the 15th century, Korea developed its own writing system. Powerful aristocracy. One important difference between Korea and China was that the landed aristocracy were more powerful in Korea than in China. As a result, the Korean elite were able to prevent certain Chinese reforms from ever being implemented. For example, though there was a Korean Civil Service examination, it was not open to peasants. Thus, there was no truly merit-based systems for entering the bureaucracy in Korea. Vietnam. Like Japan and Korea, Vietnam treated with and learned from China. For example, Vietnam adapted the Chinese writing system and architectural styles. However, Vietnam had a more adversarial relationship with China. At times, the Vietnamese launched violent rebellions against the Chinese influences. Gender and social structure. Vietnamese culture differed from Chinese culture in several ways, which explains the strong resistance to Chinese power. For example, Vietnamese women enjoyed greater independence in their married lives than the Chinese women did um, under their Confucian values. While the Chinese lived in extended families, the, Vietna- the Vietnamese preferred nuclear families, just a wife, husband, and their children. Vietnamese villages operated independently of a national government. Political central- centralization was non-existent in Vietnam. Although Vietnam adopted the merit-based bureaucracy of educated men, the Vietnamese system did not function like the Chinese scholarly bureaucracy. Instead of a loyalty to the emperor, the scholar officials in Vietnam owed more allegiance to the village peasants. In fact, Vietnamese scholar officials often led revolts against the government if they deemed it was too oppressive. Vietnamese women resented their inferior status under the Chinese, and particularly, they rejected the customs of foot-binding and polygamy, the practice of having more than one wife at the same time. In spite of Vietnamese efforts to maintain the purity of their own culture, signification did occur. Military conflict in China. As the Tang Dynasty began to crumble in the eighth century, Vietnamese rebels pushed out China's occupying army. In their battles against the Chinese, they showed a strong capacity for guerrilla warfare, perhaps through their deep knowledge of their own land. And that concludes uh, section 1.1 of AMSCO. Thank you.